Hello and welcome to Social Media Weekly, episode 6, October 2021. Social Media Weekly is brought to you by Virtual Palace Marketing, rehumanizing your marketing experience. My name is Sean. And I'm Jay. This week, Instagram tests likes on stories. Right now, we can quickly respond to stories with a set of predetermined DM emojis or by text. But the story, the social media company is testing the addition of a new like button that would not clog up your inbox because if you put an emoji or if you write a text, what it does is it actually goes to your inbox, inbox. right? Yep. And then, but the good thing about that is you immediately can possibly kind of start a private conversation from there versus if you go to post, if you like it and then you can't start a private conversation because it's not private, right? So if you comment, then it becomes a public thing. That's why most people don't like to comment on Instagram posts. They would rather comment on Instagram stories. So what Instagram is doing now is that uh, there is a screenshot by app researcher Alessandra Paluzzi. Uh, and in it appears that the paper plane send button may be replaced with a send word beside a heart for like. So you can actually heart to like it. And then you can actually uh, you know, send a DM or whatever in a separate button next to it. This is much convenient to actually slide into girl's DMs now. <laughs> All the while you've been able to slide into a girl's DM. The only difference is that now you can have a like button. So you can like a story without engaging in any other depth to it. So to me, it feels nonsensical. It's like, I don't see the need for this one. Mm. Uh, but from the creator's point of view, a like can a like from the story can be added into the total likes on all the posts. And in oh. that case, if I'm a creator and I'm, let's say I'm, I'm an influencer and I want to work with brands, right? In the metrics, I can see these things now. A like would include story likes and post likes. Hmm. Instead okay. of it being like a story engagements and post likes, which is two completely different things. So likes can be a universal like thing. So for me, it makes sense that way. Hmm. I guess if you talk about engagement, uh, engagement wise, um, I mean like having the post, um, compared to this kind of likes, I feel it's much more individual, I would say. I mean like, how would I explain this? Um, it feels more connected because you personally like that guy's story. It's not like somebody, everybody can see how, uh, how many likes that you get from that story itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I felt, I feel that in a sense that when you talk about the metrics from the post likes and the story likes, story likes would be more, you know, more, more connected to the individual rather than the post likes. That's what also, I feel. Um, like you see, like for instance, story-wise, uh, we actually like the story, then they get those notifications. You know, people mm -hmm. see that, oh, okay, this guy likes my stuff. But when it comes to like posts, uh, I don't know whether you would do this, but I have this habit whereby if anybody that I'm following on my Explore, I just double tap and like. Sometimes I don't even view what I see. So what is it? Yeah. What is the difference with story then if you use the same practice on story as you do on post now? You just mm. swipe through and like, like tap, 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 and just swipe and swipe and tap and swipe and swipe and tap. Hmm. It makes no difference. What is different is the engagement. You see, you watch, you look at stories, right? And then you see something you like, you pull up, you hit the, the chat box, 
it pulls up a bunch of emoji. You choose the one that you like, and then you continue on. Actually, yeah, true. So, so that means you paid attention to the story, and you didn't pay attention to the post because it's just like liking the post, as in like I'm just supporting you. I do not like your content, but I'm just supporting <laughs> your content, right? Yes. So. When like is introduced into stories, what happens is they are bringing this like for the sake of liking into stories. Ah, okay. If you're taking it from, yeah, it makes sense as well. That's how I see it. Mm. Yeah, that's how I see it. So I don't think it's a good thing, but it's a good thing for influencers because it helps them pull all their metrics together. Mm. But when it comes to actually seeing whether this engagement is proper engagement or not, it's a different thing. It's like quality over quantity kind of thing. Like, you know, you get more numbers, but the engagement rate does not mean anything. I would rather me, let's say as an influencer, I would rather have lower numbers, but I know that these numbers are more um, high, high engagement value. It's better quality. It's better like quality. you mentioned, better quality mm-hmm. instead of quantity. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess. Hmm. Let's just see. So, yeah. So the next part here is that Instagram seems to be battling the move to either reduce user dependency on likes and increase it. They've allowed users to remove like counts on posts in order to curb this like addiction. But then they were found testing this thing on stories. So this could be the reason why Instagram has been testing this on stories, but never actually bringing it out in public. Maybe Mm. they're testing it, but they're still trying to decide whether or not they want to add add more likes into their platform or take likes away from their platform? Hmm. I, it's a 50-50 for me at this point. Uh, I, I'm not so sure whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, but um, if you never try, you never know, you know, if you think about it. So, True. Just, uh, Instagram, just try it. Never know what would be the outcome. <laughs> you do, then you regret. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Up next, uh, Clubhouse adds universal search. The universal search uh, function is something we've all been waiting for since the app started getting a lot more users. We have talked about how hard is it was to search for rooms, clubs, and topics we'd like because of the discovery function was limited. Well, last week, they just announced that the brand new universal search that lets us search multiple categories using one set of keywords. Uh, Sliding from side to side of all the screens, uh, of, of the screens, allows users to find keywords that match top related results, people, clubs, live rooms, and events. This will make it uh, this this will make it much easier for users to navigate the increasingly complex and crowded app. Um, I personally have faced this issue because not um there's couple number like musicians and like uh, actors that I've been searching for on Clubhouse, it was at one point, I couldn't find them at all. The only way that I could find them, I had to search their name on Google uh, and then I searched his, the particular name and Clubhouse and then only I could find the guy's ID. So I guess this actually helps uh, a lot of users, um, especially those hardcore users for Clubhouse like for instance, if you're lock, you are looking for something, a topic to talk about dogs or mm. pets, or essentially, it'll be easier this time compared to back then. Yes. So yeah, I totally agree as well because mm. it, it comes at the right time because um, now there are a lot more rooms being created. I mean, they were always touting, you know, 700 million rooms created per day. And how are you able to find the rooms that you want 
amidst of all this crowd, if you don't yeah. have a good discoverable, uh, discoverability feature, and now it's here, right? So let's say, for example, let's take the idea of pet. Let's say you find a keyword pets and you can search different categories of pets, the top rated rooms or top rated results, the people that have something to do with pets, clubs that got something to do with pets, live room and events that have something to do with pets. So they are in its own category now and it's so much easier to, to, uh, to search for what you want. And I would think that any room would have a lot more visibility because now these rooms that are in the bottom half of the 700 million per day, finally we'll be able to see, uh, you know, we some new people discovering it. Finally, Clubhouse shines some light onto them also. Like, hey, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. It's like, finally. it's like one of those, it's like one of those wall scenes where you have, you know, the top tier things that are all the nice ones and then the bottom trash ones that nobody look at. All of a sudden, people are seeing it. <laughs> So like, yeah, I think the club. <laughs> exactly. So I have tested this, but I, I haven't, I checked this out, but I haven't gotten it in my app. Yeah. I don't know if you've gotten it in your app, uh, but it will be here soon, I guess. I think next time. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, I mean, the recent one that we actually seen the update with the app was the, I think what we talked about last week, which was the 30 seconds clip that you are able yes. to share. Yeah. That's on the app as well. Up. Yep. Um, I mean, like for me, I haven't used it yet. I, I don't know what about what about you or anybody else, but I haven't heard any. Um, I haven't tried it yet, mm. but hoping to try it soon. So yeah, All right. up next. Next up, Snapchat pushes AR adoption with WPP. Snapchat announced it is working with advertising giant WPP to push AR ads for their clients. This will both advance the use of AR as an advertisement channel to many more businesses around the world while also boosting Snapchat's revenue. Everyone knows that AR is a good potential for businesses to reach their customers. And we've also seen some good implementations from clothing and furniture companies before. But perhaps the reason why it hasn't blown up is because there aren't enough agencies that can facilitate this capability. Snap and WPP may soon be able to commercialize this uh, format. So the cool thing about AR is, well, the classic thing that I always use is that IKEA has used AR before right? Where you can choose the furniture that you want and then you can turn on your camera at the back of your phone and then you can actually like use it to place that furniture onto your actual house floor or something, window or whatever it is and you can see how it looks like. So that kind of projection is very good. It helps you not only imagine but kind of like get a little bit of idea of whether this furniture fits your home or not. And some brands, uh, shoe brands and cosmetic brands and everything has been using AR. Let's say lipstick, they use AR to project the colors onto a person. So you actually know if this color fits you before you even go and try it out. So this is kind of like online shopping in a deeper level, more experiential level. Very, very, a lot of visuals in this kind of sense, which is nice. Uh, I mean, like instead of having those traditional methods, like for instance, you want to go and buy a furniture or something like that, if you need to get that measuring tape and like measure your size, estimate, don't do all those calculations. I mean, you save so much time using this AR. So exactly, this is this is really good. This is a really yeah. good approach, so, I would say. So the only mm -hmm. problem is in the past year is that everybody knows it works, right? But a brand goes out to all the agencies and agencies so sorry, we can't do this. Sorry, we don't know how to do this. Sorry, we can't do that. So I think 
if Snapchat works with more agencies like WPP, they will mm-hmm. be able to bring this capability to more companies and more brands. And these brands can start to experiment on, you know, well, let's try it out. Let's try it out and see if it works. You know, let's, let's try this campaign out. And if it works, then, you know, all good. Then everybody else will want to get on it as well. Yeah, I mean, like with, with this, uh, to be honest, I feel that you can do a lot of things with this. Mm, Don't you agree? Yes, I agree. I completely agree. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of getting uh, the right group of companies to test it out and yeah, get yep. it out. Mm-hmm. All right, next. Instagram retires IGTV. Finally, the IGTV brand is being retired and all its videos will be under a single platform, uh, single video for single video format. Creators and brands who have been relying on IGTV need not to fret. Um, need not to worry because all your videos will still be around. But they will only be under one video tab in the app instead of IGTV icon. So I mean like you can see from your layout itself there's an IGTV icon so it won't be IGTV anymore it'll just be video. Um, with that, uh, this is the move to simplify the app, which we all agree in the past, uh, past year has gotten more complex. Video previews in the post will still be one minute long unless it's eligible for ads, in which case it would be 15, minute, uh, 15 seconds long, not 15 minutes, sorry. Um, if, you, if you're a brand that boosts your content, uh, videos longer than one minute still can't be boosted. So, so what do you think about same. this? Uh, technically, it's the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, because mm-hmm. we post a lot of IGTV mm-hmm. and when our, our videos don't fall into the one minute mark, it cannot be qualified as IGTV. Then we can't put it into an IGTV thing. And it is actually very complex. I actually, to be honest, I hate using mm-hmm. Instagram videos because there are so many format problems. For example, you know those portrait ones, nine by uh, six by nineteen. Sorry, wait, nine by sixteen. Sixteen uh-huh. by nine is is this yep. format, right? Nine by sixteen is this format. Okay. Yep. All Instagram right. videos less than one minute cannot use nine by sixteen portrait mode. What? You can either be square, or it can be sixteen by nine, or four by three, sixteen by nine. So it can either be square or or portrait. It cannot be sorry, square or landscape. It cannot be portrait. Mm-hmm. IGTVs that are videos that are more than one minute can contain either 16 by 9, 4 by 3, 1 by 1, or 9 by 16. Then herein lies the next problem. The preview is only square format. So which means that even if you create a 9 by 16, you need to put all the content in the square right in the middle so that the, um, the what is that called? the thumbnail of your, your Instagram feed can see everything. That's honestly, that's a bit of a hassle. Yes, it is a, it is a massive yeah, hassle to deal with IGTV's formats. Um, I hope that, I'm actually very glad that Instagram is doing away with this IGTV brand mm-hmm. because IGTV was a dying thing from the very beginning. Um, and it, it is going down a very slippery slope Instagram used to be a very simple and very effective app, but now it's starting to, to put in more things that it's weird stuff. It's like everything is going on on Instagram. Instagram is becoming more and more like Facebook. Yes. Trying to be everything for everyone. Yeah. 
right? I mean, like, don't forget about last week what we talked. Kidstagram also is coming in. Exactly. Like, how many things? <laughs> so now you have Instagram proper, Instagram stories, Instagram videos, which includes Instagram IGTV, which is taken away. Then you have Reels. Then you have Instagram yeah. Shop. Yeah. So come on, there's five things in one app. <laughs> and Instagram used to be just a very simple photo sharing app, right? It's like Correct. very straightforward. <laughs> so this complexity is not good for the for the brand. And I'm glad they understand, they, they know now that this is a problem. Complexity is not good. And I just hope that they don't just pull all the videos into one format now. I hope that they remove all the limitations that come from below one minute to above one minute videos. Just make it, you know, standardized across the board and yeah. don't give all this com- complexity and complication that makes it so difficult for content creators to, to come up with you know proper content I completely agree with you I mean like yeah. thank god they're actually taking this approach finally um, let's just see how what happens in the future I just hope that like or if they can simplify things even more like why not yep I wouldn't okay, be surprised. Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised that uh maybe even videos reels will be related in the future. You never know, you know. I don't think so because reels will always will still be reels by itself because reels is created to fight with TikTok, and it should be by itself. To be honest, I think reels should be a standalone app outside of Instagram. Mm. So um. But yeah, there there are pros in it being attached to Instagram as well because you immediately ride on the the existing user base that is available. So, uh, but yeah, I, I think Reels will be by itself for quite a while. All right. Okay, uh, moving yep. on. Facebook always choose profit over users. Former algorithmic design expert for Facebook, Frances, Frances Hogan, if I pronounce her name right, revealed to CBS late last week that Facebook has knowingly avoided taking stronger actions that would harm its profits. Uh, these were actions that could protect its users against all harms that Facebook already knows are out there. Okay, simple way of lo- saying it is that Facebook is always deal- dealt with two cards. One card is to protect users. Second card is to make money. Facebook always decides they want to make money. Facebook also knowingly overlooked or played down concerning findings based on its own research in favor of maintaining usage and user engagement. Hogan said, quote, I saw that uh, there was always a conflict of interest between what was good for the public and what was good for Facebook. And they always chose the latter, which is what was, uh, which what was good for Facebook. And Facebook is interested in profits and engagement rate. The question now remains that as a company, should Facebook remain amoral to the decision it makes or should they start taking a more humanitarian approach, approach to doing business and start caring about the welfare of its users? This is a question of morality now, right? As a business, a business typically is amoral. Amoral meaning, meaning they don't take sides into ethical concerns. Their only concern is profit. As long as they are not doing something that is criminally uh, harmful, then it's fine. That's what a business should do, right? And they only answer to their stakeholders. But on the other end, Facebook is dealing with the lives of so many people. The mental welfare, the, the, the physical welfare of everyone in the world, right? Shouldn't they be subject to some form of um, moral policing? 
ฟังสมมุติว่าเราเรียนเรียนเรียนเรียนเรียนเรียนเรียนเรียนเรียนเรียนเรียนเรียนเรียนเรียนเรียนเรียนเรียนเรียนเรียนเรียนเรียนเร
Facebook will always be around. There needs to be another one because Facebook, uh, it's like the Facebook to uh, Friendster. Yes. Friendster was a cesspool, was crappy, like really, really crappy platform. But who knew Friendster was crappy until Facebook came along? Correct. And then we said, hey, this is how it could have been done better. We liked Facebook, everybody went to Facebook. Oh, now we need actually, we, if you think about it, if there's another big player, some somebody who does something like Facebook. Yeah, we need another Facebook to replace this Facebook. Like how Facebook replaced Friendster. Then Facebook will see a decline. Then they will start to buck up. But if not, Facebook can have all these kind of issues. They don't have to worry because they have a lot of money to fight all the battles. And nobody's going to take them down. Everybody's going to continue to use. If you ask a lot of people, right, I can tell you 90% of people using Facebook hate Facebook. But why are they still using? Because that's the only way to communicate with everybody. Yep, true. So, yeah. Mm. That's that. Right, Jay. Hit the outro. Mm. uh, Maybe someday, someday a new company comes up. Not Facebook. Body book. Book, uh, book face. Book face. <laughs> will that have actually, just out of curiosity, will there be any copyrights issue? I don't know. If you use a green color logo, I'm sure it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it changed the whole thing straight. <laughs> With a big yeah. there. <laughs> All right. Uh, Social Media Weekly Podcast is available on Anchor FM, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more. Our videos, our full videos are available on YouTube and we post bits and clips on Facebook and Instagram. Oh, Facebook. Huh. <laughs> oh, how are you, how are you there? <laughs> if you like Social Media Weekly, it would really help if you could rate and review the podcast on podcast video of your choice and on YouTube so more can discover it. Social Media Weekly is always on the lookout for regular co-hosts to help us bring more depth to the show. If you're interested, simply drop me an email at sean, that is S-H-A-W-N at virtualpeddlers.com. This is Social Media Weekly episode 6 October 2021. My name is Sean. And I'm Jay. And I'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.